Good morning, GPP Nation. Did yesterday go how we wanted it to? No. Will we try to pretend like we learned something from it? Of course. I suffer from a debilitating condition known as atropic shockitis. Peter's one of the greatest depositors I've ever seen. Trust the process. Let's go. Let's go. I got auto match with Levitan. Bullshit. If I just go the other way in that 66, I win all the money. All the money. If I had 150 lineups, I'd win too. Process over results. Illuminati make a bitch go crazy. I don't know which one of these my baby. Bust out AP, cross five bullets in your head like KD. Bust it, bust it, bitch go bust it. And I had 10 points with me in Russia. Hey everyone. Hey everyone. What a brutal morning. I'm almost out of coffee. I can't even give you guys a proper ASMR. I guess I have enough here for that. There you go. GM. GM to everyone. How we doing? How we doing this morning? It's rainy here in New England. I don't know why Bill Belichick thought having Nick Folk kick a 56-yard field goal in rain instead of just going for it on fourth and two was a good idea, but... I'm the idiot streamer here at my desk, and Bill Belichick is a Hall of Fame coach. My wife, <laughs> I was watching that game with my wife. She's going to hear me. And uh, she's a Patriots fan, and they snapped the ball for the kick. And like the second Nick Folk's foot hit the ball, she goes, nailed it. <laughs> it's, it just bends left and it doinks off the pole. I was laughing very hard, and I got in trouble for that. Um, and then she got mad at me and I showed her the Nick young gif, you know, where he shoots the three and then turns around to celebrate and it didn't go in. And that is how I ended up sleeping on the couch last night. How are we doing? What's up, Clay GM, GM, Michael, GM, J Mike, GM, Joshua Monday morning air feels so fresh after a Sunday air ball. Yeah. I haven't even been outside. I don't think I went outside once yesterday for anything. Um, Baker is hot garbage. That's going to be the first lineup we look at. Um, he didn't play well, but they also left a bunch of points on the field. I mean, Odell should have had two other touchdowns in that game. Uh, remind your wife that the jets won breathing down your neck in the division. Here's the thing. She doesn't actually care that much. She does get invested into individual games once she watches, but she's not going to lose any sleep over the jets. Um, yeah, yesterday was, uh, a weird, uh, GPP slate. I talked about it with Leone a decent amount on the tilt space, uh, last night. I recommend if you guys aren't watching that for some reason, we go live around 6 PM Eastern on Sundays. Uh, last week we had some very fun sweats <laughs> last night was just more of a funeral, uh, because we were buried, but it was a weird week where there were no obvious leverage spots. The field wasn't condensing around the same plays. You know, we, we saw some stuff get up over 20%. Ironically, Odell Beckham, who was the trendy contrarian GPP play early in the week and then became cash game in single entry chalk. Uh, but yeah, there was no 35% owned guy that you could leverage. It was like I was sorting by ceiling projection yesterday morning and the top 12 wide receivers by ceiling projection, all were catching over 10% ownership. It was completely spread out. There were no obvious leverage spots. That's how I ended up on Justin Jefferson being my favorite play. He was the only guy in the top 15 wide receivers with a decent ceiling who was going to be sub 10%. He ended up coming in at 10% in the 50K spy. I ended up playing in four spies yesterday. I only cashed one of them. And I can pull up some of these lineups here. We can start taking a look at some of this stuff. But yeah, not my favorite GPP day. We didn't have lots that we could do with late swap. Um, we didn't have a lot of leverage spots. I don't know. I, I still feel good about targeting that Vikings-Cleveland game. I think it represented the best bang for your buck as far as um, ownership, ceiling, and cost. But there were just not a lot of spots I felt very confident in yesterday. 
<laughs> yeah, Joe Holka was at the game. He was at in New England to go to Patriots Buccaneers. He called in from the bar. And I don't know why it was, but somehow how he had his hat, it looked like he just had the biggest brim in the world. It's like, hi, guys. What's up? How's Tilt Space going? How are we doing? Are we dusted yet? My name's Joe Holka. I have an 8K camera in the world's biggest brim. Uh, Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey finally came down to earth. What did he have? Like three straight weeks of 20-plus DraftKings points. He had uh, finally... Uh, cooled down it's so funny in that game is also a reminder to be careful with some of these narratives about how teams guard people i I heard multiple narratives throughout the week of like eagles have been really good limiting the deep ball you know they're gonna they're gonna keep tyree kill in front of them and so then logically you're like all right if the football guys are right that means this is a travis kelsey week and tyree kill is going to be held in check no 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 Tyree kill with uh, for 186 yards and three TDs and Kelsey was the one to brick. So that's why we don't mess around with the X's and O's. We leave that to the football guys. Tyler Stokes says I legit almost finished dead last in my single entry. Watch the tilt space in my lineup was practically a mixture between all three of your guys's juke lineups. Yeah, that's how it goes. We had, we had some right plays. We just didn't have the, the right combinations mixed and matched. We had uh, uh, Travis Kelsey on our Hertz team instead of Tyreek Hill. That's just kind of how it goes uh, sometimes. But, you know, if we're going to pat ourselves on the back, sounds like you were on the right place, Tyler. Sounds like you were on the right place. Shay says, I had 181 fantasy points going into the 4 p.m. games with Ayuk and at 6%, he put up a dud, had Jefferson in that lineup also at 5% in the 300K red zone $50. Yeah, I still think... um, I ended up, I noticed when I went to look at late swap yesterday, I had a ton of Ayuk. He was just like my default guy. I was fitting in around 5K. I ended up splitting him in Sermon in a bunch of those lineups just because I didn't want to be that extreme overweight. And I had thought about trying to uh, reconstruct some of those lineups to get up to Debo. Um, just to make sure I wasn't so overexposed to Ayuk, but I just I didn't have enough combinations to play with late to pull that off. And Debo was more expensive and projected to catch more ownership. So I, I don't mind the Ayuk thing. His role was growing. Um, he was uh he was cheap. He wasn't going to catch a lot of ownership. I thought he's kind of the perfect play in that situation when you're needing to catch up on the field or needing to make that late swap. So yeah, I, I have no problem with the Ayuk and Sermon plays there in tournaments. Clay says his best line was an all 1 p.m. team, not necessarily fun after 4 p.m., but the score held decently. Yeah, that's that's what happens sometimes. Yesterday just wasn't a great 4 p.m. slate. Um, I did end up running a Cardinals uh, stack and a Russell Wilson one, um, but you see how well that worked out. Here was one. This is in the 500K spy, 100K to first. I did a Kyler Murray um, and I actually did it with Kirk and Rondell. Apparently, I'm supposed to include AJ Green in my cheap Cardinals uh, mix. I did bring it back, did more of an onslaught in this game. Um, I did Henderson coming back and Higby. The The whole thing when I was like looking at projections yesterday, I was like, this game has the highest over under on the slate, and yet no one is going to be playing it through the Cardinals like this is kind of crazy to me. I know they were expensive, but you get Kyler sub 5%, Kirk 7.4, Rondell sub five, Higby sub five, Darrell Henderson, 5.1%. Like, I don't know, man, I might just have to say TTP on this one. Trust the process. I don't, I don't really feel bad about those exposures. I do a mini correlation with Chubb and Jefferson. And then this was one of those, like I said, I think I had Ayuk in here and I changed it to sermon um, I ended up keeping Ayuk more in my Seattle game stacks, and then I p- pivoted to Sermon when I had Ayuk as as a one off. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm extremely happy with these ownerships. You know, if this game pops off, then I'm in that territory where we're only having to get basically two things right. You know, we have a major game stack, and then a mini, and then a one off there. I mean, Leone with some of his lineups yesterday, he had. I believe it was just two, two games. He had uh, a a lineup that was just filled with Cleveland, Minnesota, and Atlanta, 
and Washington with that same concept of in these smaller field things, let's just try to limit the number of things we have to get right. Two game stacks. If those are the two games that go off, you're sitting pretty. We uh, we were looking at the lineup that won the game changer yesterday. That's the $1,500 single entry. One of the craziest lineups I've ever seen. Uh, let me pull that up here real quick. If you guys didn't see this when we pulled it up uh, yesterday, I think I have the image in one of my DMs here. Um, one second. Yeah, this was like, it is crazy. You know, uh, no offense to this individual, um, but this is truly um, basically like everything you're not supposed to do when building lineups. And yet he's $50,000 richer and I'm here complaining on a Monday morning. But look at this. So he has an unstacked Kirk Cousins. He has two chalk running backs, Derrick Henry, David Montgomery. And then he has all one-off plays, zero correlation, one-off Debo Samuel, one-off Tyreek Hill, one-off Curtis Samuel, one-off Dalton Schultz, one-off Marquise Brown, Colts defense, easy game, runs away with it, 205.52 points, naked QB, chalk running backs, zero correlation, easy game, easy game. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? I know it was a rough day, a uh, rough GPP day for a lot of people. I saw uh, a lot of angst. Uh, I heard uh, Dinkmeyer was in the ETR chat talking people off the ledge. It's how it goes sometimes. I, I honestly, this was like a, it was a frustrating slate, but it wasn't, I wasn't on mega tilt with this slate. Um, it's more when there's really obvious leverage spots to take advantage of. You feel like you're getting it in really good. And then it doesn't go your way. That's when it's frustrating. But on a super spread out week like this, where a lot of the good chalk um, or chalk, however you define it, gets there, I don't know. You kind of shrug your shoulders. We were talking last night too about like the DJ Moore stuff. I, I didn't have DJ Moore in any of my lineups. I love DJ Moore, have him on basically every season long team. But when he was encroaching, you know, 20, percent ownership and there's all of these other plays you know justin jefferson etc etc with similar ceilings at less ownership you just have to you have to pass so i don't know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read into it too much i'm not gonna get caught trying to decide which chalk is good chalk i do think in general uh fading on that stuff and then you know to to talk about that i mean this was a mistake you know i'd been kind of going back and forth with leone all week on Odell Beckham getting steamed. And I think what was tricky is this Cleveland-Minnesota game was by far the best game environment for GPPs. So then the question was, can you push your chips in on this game but not do it with Odell? And it just made it hard because there's basically no clean stacks with Cleveland. Like they have the three-way committee at tight end. And then after Odell, it's just like a wasteland at wide receiver. So it's like, what what are you supposed to do if you like this game and Odell is by far the best points per dollar play? You know, so you see a lineup like this, the percentages around it are completely fine, you know, other than Devonta Smith, Tyreek Hill. I mean, getting these three guys all at 10%, I'm completely fine with. I, I, do, I don't like Odell at 28.8%. And I say that even knowing he could have had a monster day yesterday. He left some points on the ta table. Baker missed him a couple times in big spots. So... I don't know. I don't like that ownership though. I, I would take back that play and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, how would I have done this? Otherwise I probably would just have tried to get off of, get off of probably just Baker and Odell and play one of the running backs, go Chubb or hunt with Conklin and Jefferson or Thielen and Jefferson and play the game that way. I think I shouldn't, have stayed with Odell knowing, I mean, I was the one telling Leone, he's going to get steamed. He's going to get steamed. And then I, I play uh, Odell at 28%. I, I lose my GPP bro card on that one. I mean, I, I can't, I can't sit here and say, I don't want to play DJ Moore over 20% and then play Odell Beckham at 28%. That's bad. I wish I could have that one back. I knew he was getting steamed and I still did it because I like this game. I don't know. That one's tough. It's this is, you know, if this game is late and then, you know, say I have Zach Moss who doesn't do much, um, 
you know, I actually, this isn't a great example because my, my Devonta Smith and Tyreek Hill popped off. I was trying to say if this was a late game and you're behind, then maybe it is easier to get off of Odell. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I, I I'm torn on, on how, if I, if you were able to get away from this, but I do think, I think you got to get away from Odell there. Um, Hill in the flex. Yes. I had zero, uh, late guys going. Jefferson, Beckham, Devonta Smith, Tyree killed. Don't try to flex shame me. My uh, when it, when it doesn't matter when they're all playing at the same time, I like I like to put the uh, the highest price guy in the flex. Just a little just a little quirk I have. Just a little OCD there. Um, Odell going to be sub five percent next week against the Chargers on short rest. <laughs> I could see that. Probably, probably. Um, do, 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 do. Yep, Drew and I feeling similar. Wish we had less OBJ at that ownership. Yep. It's a, it's another one of those. We talk about it all the time with that steam and how ownership. Does anyone know what was Odell in the Millie maker? If anyone knows what Odell was in the Millie maker, let me know. But it's like, you know, it's happening. You see it happening. You, you write tweets that say Odell is going to be popular. And yet you still fucking put Odell in your lineup. Talk about, it's like, you can be so good about not getting anchored and yet you could still get anchored to one little thing. Uh, yeah. See, that's what I'm talking OBJ 16% in larger field. I, I can stomach if OBJ is 16% in this lineup versus 28.8, that is way more palatable to me than getting him here at 28.8%. Dustin Bishop, worst week I've had in a while. Yeah, this was a rough week. Although I did want to show something here. We we talk about uh, all the pieces of the puzzle of trying to be a profitable DFS player and how important game selection is. So look at this one. This is a really small spy, 555 entries. I have 150.1 points here. I barely min cash. Now, if we go over to the big spy, and I can actually just go to my spreadsheet here. So the big spy right here that had uh, let me uh, zoom this in so you guys can actually see. Um, this big spy that had 5,555, uh, 5, the cash line was 154. So you see here, this baby spy that I min cashed here, the cash line was lower because it was a smaller field. And my 150 was able to get me a 2x min cash where I don't even cash in either in any of these other spies. Cash line, 154, 153.1, 150.9. So you see the cash line go down as the contest size gets smaller. They basically halves here, 55, 222, 833, 555. So just a reminder too, if and, and Leone was saying this to us yesterday because we continue to get generally about one min cash in our juke lineups. That's a three entry uh, or three max $400 entry. And those min caches add up. They help keep you afloat through brick winter we talk about nft winter gpp winter when you're uh going through that cold spell those min caches add up so be be very conscious of those tournament sizes and later in the week DraftKings is releasing a lot of the baby spies a lot of these smaller stuff but it's uh i think it's definitely important to make sure you at least have a spread like we all love going for the 100k my dream is to win 100k in the spy so i can finally put bink on the thumbnail and not be a fraud for doing so. Um, but yeah, make sure you're you're mixing and matching kind of the diversity of your contest so you're giving yourself a chance. You can see here my overall GPP play uh, day in the SPY, very bad, uh, 106.82, 112.16, 108.78, all bottom 75th percentile outcomes, 40 plus points off the cash line, zero, zero, zero. We do get the min cash in this baby spy and we live to see another week. Um, to, 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 Oh, for sure there is, but that, that it's the, the point isn't that like the lineup was so special or anything. It just goes to show how important game selection is to your ROI. Yep, Tony says game selection has been my biggest improvement. Had a poor week and only lost a few units. I, I'm as guilty of this as anyone. When I go on the DraftKings app to look at my contests and claim my rewards, I I'm always sorting by biggest prize. It, it's it's hard not to do that, but um, I think just 
basically because at this point I am trying to register for any of the spies they offer, I'm naturally getting into contests at different sizes. And then the other thing I'm really trying to do is I am, it's, it's hard, but I'm trying to kind of break ties on lineup decisions for which contest I put them in, um, based on how aggressive I think I need to be. I didn't end up running a Lamar Jackson team. Um, you know, we were talking to Leone about that last night on tilt space and he said, yeah, for him, that was more of like a millimaker large field type of play. So if you are going to make that kind of play, you probably want to do it in the 500 K spy compared to the 50 K spy. You just don't necessarily have to take on as much risk with a, a worse game environment, the smaller the field. Vito's been trying to do the same thing, get into more of those late contests this year. Last year, I just did all the big three entry single, uh, three max single entry. Yeah. And that's the thing too. That's actually, if you register for your contest, just based on your daily missions, it can actually help you kind of spread that out. Cause if you just go to do it all at once, you're often tempted to go for the big ones. But if you do them day by day, you'll get one. So today, I'm going to have to see what my mission is. I will try to get in one of the spies, and then throughout the week, I will get in some of the smaller ones. Paul says, I just tell myself the money I'm playing with for these tournaments is money that I'm comfortable with losing. Still doesn't feel great. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we use the poker analogies around here a lot, but it's like going to the cashier and you're buying into a tournament. And once you buy into a tournament, those chips you bought are no longer connected to dollars. They are ammo to play a game, a game that you want to play as well as you possible can. You can. And that's the same way we have to view our DFS lineups. You give DraftKings $100 for your entry into the SPY, and the, this is no longer a $100 lineup. These are nine spots to try to win a game. So yeah, the second you pay that money, I think divorcing yourself from the monetary value of that lineup is very important to making the best possible decisions for the game you are playing. Do you find that if you enter a contest early in the week, you see more chalk or predictable lineups? Whereas if in, if I get in some right around kick, there's a load of variance due to casual players. I haven't looked enough at that to, to get a feel for it. I know for the cash game guys, they definitely prefer to get the games from guys late Saturday night, Sunday morning, who are just kind of stumbling into contests. I would say for the for the high for these mid stakes single entry tournaments, I doubt that there's much difference in the type of play. You know who's registering earlier in the week versus late. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I I just think when you see the ownership percentages in these contests, it's it's clear it's it's a sharper field. It's people who are consuming content. It's people who are looking at projections. You're not getting a lot of toilet build single entry spy lineups in the baby spy. I just don't think you're getting a ton of those. I could be wrong. I could be naive about that, but that's just my hunch. Cordero Patterson is heading to London next week, says Lundar. Don't have to wrestle with that decision on the main slate. Yeah, his his usage was insane. I mean, Mike Davis, I didn't realize it until I was looking at all the stuff this morning, like doubled him up in snaps. He scored, he scored on uh, 25% of his routes. I think Levitan had a tweet about Cordero Patterson this morning. Where is it? Cordero Patterson played on just 23 of 76 snaps yesterday, 12 as an RB, 11 as a wide receiver. He finished with 34.6 DraftKings points. That's what we call running good. Although I will say, you guys remember when we ran the Sims yesterday morning, Cordero Patterson was popping there as a top 10 um, most frequented player in those optimal lineups. Should have just trusted the Sims. I ended up landing on Zach Moss as kind of my cheap guy in that range. Um, but man, I wish I would have had some Patterson instead. Although I heard some brutal stories. I mean, I saw Corey, our guy Igloo uh, from the Discord. He had a Mahomes premium double stack with Devonta Smith and Cordero Patterson, I want to say. And he still bubbled or, or just barely min cashed. I saw Drewby on Twitter say he had a Tyreek Hill Patterson team that barely min cashed. It was crazy. It was a weird week. Like to have a Tyreek Hill 50 burger in your lineup and still <laughs> not, not make more noise than a min cash is pretty wild. 
are missions plus EV uh, only or only if you're a whale? So I, I can't, someone smarter than me needs to run the math on if it's actually EV. My gut is <laughs> it, it is not. I mean, they are, they are getting me for basically hundred dollar contests every day. Last year when I was doing it, it would be like enter a $33 and plus, enter a 50. And this year it's like 100, 100, 100. And so my, I, I think I'm on platinum reward after the month and they give me, you know, what did I get? I got two, $2, $2, 75 crowns, 75 or 25 crowns. Um, I, I don't know if I would be completing every mission if, I, if it weren't for my bank and just getting a little bit of a bankroll booster. So I'm more comfortable playing, you know, six, $700 on the week. And so then when they're hitting me for a hundred dollar contest every day, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't mind playing, you know, six to $700 on the week. So I'll just complete these fucking missions. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if their algorithms changed or what, for what they're making me do, but I need a DK rep. Every, everyone has a DK rep. I mean, I know I'm not a whale, but come on, you're making me do hundred dollar missions. Where's my box seats to Gillette DraftKings? Um, oh, $8 contest? That doesn't, that doesn't seem bad. I, I legitimately don't know how their algo determines those. Yeah, I agree with Willis on this take. It's only plus EV if you're planning on playing for those contests. Anyways, my missions are so much more than they ever were last year. Yeah, don't overextend yourself just to complete the missions. Like I said, I've been wanting to play in most of these spies. So it's maybe ends up being like one mission extra than I'd actually want to do myself. But yeah, don't, don't force it. It's, it's just one of those, one of those stupid gamification dopamine tricks that DraftKings does that works on me because it's like this fun little ritual to go claim your rewards and do your mission, but it sucks. Um, wait, what, when do you spend on your crowns? I think last year I waited until the end of the season to spend my crowns. Um, you know, I, I think I just get lazy and I like having a big crown number. So I just let them rack up and then maybe I'll enter a couple spies or whatever at the end of the year with my crowns, but I have no strategy for it. I think blender yells at people for not using their crowns. Um, he can yell at me. I'm saying I'm taking my crowns to the grave and by grave, I mean maybe week 17 cash game week or week 18. When I become a cash game grinder, I will accept all of your head-to-head -head invites with crowns. Um, mine have increased as well, but surely due to playing 200 double spies plus cash games. Why is Alvin Kamara being cucked again? Even Derrick Henry is more of a three-down back. I mean, I, I don't know if we can say he's being cucked. I mean, his usage is insane. Jack Miller had a tweet about um, his rushing workload that I saw that I was writing up for the newsletter. Where is it? All right. Maybe it wasn't Jack, but, uh, his, his rushing, it's like the first time, or I think up until this point in his career, and I'm going to just butcher this stat, whatever it was. I think it was this season alone. He has already had more 20 plus carry games than he has had his entire career. Um, it is frustrating PayPal that he's not catching balls because that's, primarily how his bread was buttered, but the usage is still fine. It just sucks that this offense is pretty incompetent right now. Um, but the, but the carry usage is solid. Um, zero targets and Taysom Hill touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. It is frustrating. Um, Chase Edmonds though. Yeah. Rushed for over a hundred yards. James Connor now four TDs in the past two weeks. That's crazy. Let me take a sip of coffee. Let's look at a couple other lineups here. This was another um, late slate double stack I wanted to do here. Um, I think I have a Russell Wilson problem. I think I love, <laughs> I feel like I have a Russell Wilson double stack every week. I just can't help myself. Um, Dinkmeyer was trying to get me to cool on it. Pat Thorman, you know, talking about the Seattle pace issues. And yet I still liked what that game environment looked like. The, the over-under looked good. The ownership percentages on the Seahawks look good. I don't mind getting DK Metcalf at 12.9% in a week where Tyler Lockett's banged up. 
I, I ended up doing some Disley in other Seattle, San Francisco mini correlations. So I wanted to get a, a Freddie Swain here, another pay down option. You know, unlike say the Browns yesterday, where it was so hard to land on the right double stack, it's pretty easy with the Seahawks, right? You pick one of Metcalf or Lockett, and then you pick one of Swain or Disley with Everett out, and you have a pretty clean double stack. Obviously, Disley going to catch way more ownership. And then I brought this one back with Brandon Ayuk. Happy with all those ownerships there. Um, did a correlation with Dalvin Cook, Odell Beckham. Once again, same story. Why am I playing Odell Beckham at 25.9%? So stupid. Why, why did I do that? So that's just a lot of salary on Dalvin Cook and a lot of ownership on Odell for that mini correlation. It flops. And then I did do a Jonathan Taylor, Mike Gusecki. Um, Leone was doing a lot of one-off Jonathan Taylor or Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. I thought that was good too, but I, I like Gusecki. Gusecki was in the air yards by low model. Um, none of those wide receivers seem to stay healthy. He obviously uh, sucks out a little bit with that touchdown, but I would say the the thesis of the Gusecki play is that he, he binks a touchdown there. So felt good about that. Jonathan Taylor looks good, man. I think he had... 103 rush yards on 13 carries. So feel good about those plays. Feel good about all of this ownership here, except the Odell. Um, just wanted to get one Dalvin Cook in because I was so heavy on Jefferson. Um, but probably should have played it again the other way. I probably should have done another Jefferson with a, a Hunt or Chubb here instead of the Cook Odell. But just trying to balance my exposures on that game because I like that game, but... I don't want to become too overconfident in specific plays like I did with Odell Beckham. Um, Schroeder says, GM Peter, how do you mentally recoup from two bad weeks if it's ever happened to you? Oh, buddy, has it happened to me? <laughs> it happens all the time. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think going back to that thing I was just talking about with Paul about having this mentality that you're playing a game. And I think if you zoom out, right? you know, the, the crypto bros that are staring at a chart and they're like, Oh my God, Bitcoin fell a thousand dollars. And it's like, just zoom out on the chart, like zoom out on your season. Think of your bankroll in terms of the entire season, where if, if you think about it on the micro week to week, you're going to feel those swings. And I'm not saying that it's just so easy to remove your feelings from it. It fucking sucks when you lose there. There's no way around it, but I do think putting it in perspective and saying like, okay, I'm playing, let's say you're playing the spy every week and you have that $100, you know that you have 17 bullets, 17 bullets to get a top 1% finish to basically bankroll your year. And even good players might not get there because there is so much variance, but just acknowledging the reality of how hard it is to get in the top and knowing that you do need to get in that top 1% for it to work out. And this is what we were talking about with Dink, what he wrote about in his strategy article, what do we win when we're right? And we're trying to basically free roll our season with one good finish. And so just trusting that that's what you're after. It's not to get these min caches. It's not to just eke out so you sleep slightly better at night with a min cache. No, we're trying to get first place. And it might take lots of weeks to do that. In fact, it might take multiple seasons to do that. So I, I do think uh, what someone said earlier about only playing what you're willing to lose is is by far the best way to do it. If you if you feel so gross, so sick to your stomach that you lost, you're probably playing outside of your bankroll. I think that's probably safe to say. So get your contest size or, or the amount of entries you have in play down to a level where it doesn't knot up your stomach. You could still tilt. You could still rage tilt. But you don't want to be losing sleep at night because you lost too much money. That that's you've gone too far if uh, if that's the case. Um, yeah, Saquon looked good. Um, that was crazy. I had him. We can bounce over to this. Where did I? I had him in a lineup? Did I not have him in any one of these lineups? We had him in one of our tilt space lineups. Good God! How did I not end up with a Saquon? I could have sworn I had a Saquon in one of mine. He must have been in one of my um. My, uh, I did one power sweep in a red zone. He must've been in one of those. He didn't make it into, uh, one of my spies, but yeah, he was an awesome play. Everything trending in the right direction, his role growing. And then he comes in at what was it like sub 7% in most stuff. He was a, he was a smash. Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Well, well, don't be on 20 X leverage beachhead. 
Um, Nick says this week was tough on single entry. All the cash game bros who played chalk had the nuts. Yeah. And that's one thing that stuck with me from my conversation with Drewby two weeks ago about how that cash game ownership can really spill over into the single entry stuff. You see it on the really high stakes too. You go through the Thunderdome lineups with Leone last night. So many cash game lineups in there looking good. And I think a lot of those cash game lineups get tossed into the spy as well. How many single entry versus three max do you play? And are you three max lineups similar or only similar in projected scores? How many lineups do you run on average? So yeah, I can show you right here. Um, basically what I've been doing, this was some of my uh, shit posting, uh, shit playing uh, 20 max last night. Let's go down here and I can show you um, what I played. Um, so I played... In addition to the spies that I have already shown you guys, I did uh, Red Zone. And I actually want to show you these because I want to show you a couple tweaks I made on them. So I did two Red Zones and a Power Sweep. So I had those spies and then two $50 Red Zones, I believe. And uh, let's just go look. Yeah, this was a $50 Red Zone. $50 red zone and uh 153 max. So this one, this was uh one I just did off of my exposures. This was, wait a second, is Cleveland, Minnesota going to be popular and Dallas Carolina is going to go underlooked? So I ran uh, a stack here. Still didn't need the the uh the pits chalk. Um, or sorry, the uh the DJ Moore chalk. But then you'll notice here. So this is what I want to show you. So for some of these non-spies, I ran variations of my other lineup. So let me find this other Russ here, and I'll put them next to each other. So this was that Russ double stack. So here I did the Russ double stack, but with Whistley, Disley, and Lockett. I still brought it back with Ayuk, and then I had still had Taylor, but instead I did a Zach Moss. Um, I had a Terry McLaurin with Calvin Ridley mini in here. So basically just spinning off a lineup idea I had liked and making some slight tweaks. So that's kind of how I've been playing my non-spies, just tossing a couple in these $50 single entries. Over here, I had one similar to my Kyler. So let me show you. This was my spy Kyler. Of course, in this one, I did, instead of Kirk, I upgraded to Hopkins, and I did a Darrell Henderson bring back and just mixed and matched the pieces. In this one, I had Justin Jefferson, so this one, I got some Adam Thielen. So to answer your question, I've been playing seven to eight lineups, which is more than I did the first couple of weeks, but I've streamlined my process in the morning. I'm basically building three to four lineups. That's where I'm putting my mental effort and mental energy. And then I'm, I'm just making a few small tweaks on them. What if I'm wrong and it's a Thielen instead of Jefferson? What if I'm wrong and it's Lockett instead of Metcalf? What if I'm wrong and it's Hopkins instead of Kirk? Where... You're being you're directionally right on that game, but you just didn't hit the perfect pieces. That's kind of how I'm thinking about it. So my player pool, I guess, gets a little bigger, but the games I'm concentrated on and the stacks stays pretty similar. Um, let's see here. Where was another lineup? This was one of my last lineups here that I had in the double spy. I did end up running uh, this Jalen Hurts. And again, this was similar to our tilt space where I didn't have Tyree Kill on the Jalen Hurts lineup. And this one, I actually, to get up to all the plays I wanted, I had to go down from Devonta Smith to Rager. Again, another one of those things where it's like, I like Rager and I like Hill. I think I had that mini somewhere else um, where I'm trying. Here it is. Yeah, this was in my main lineup. I had the Hill, Devonta Smith. So here in the Hurts one, I go Rager. Um, with Kelsey and Hardman. So just liking a game, but trying to attack it from a couple different angles. I was in on Zach Moss and I did a correlation here with Brandon Cooks. Did play another uh, Jonathan Taylor this time with the Colts D. And this was another one of those I was saying where I had Ayuk in here initially, but I ended up splitting it to Sermon here as a one-off since I had no other pieces of that game. Um, FF Doom says he got 25th in the GPP. Yeah, I'll pull that up here in a second. We can take a look at that. The red zones are nice when you want to scale back some of the entry fees, for sure. Yeah, so the red zones are just those $50 single entry, or maybe they're $75. Why, why can't I remember? Are they 75 
this one was 50. I know they do have a 75 one as well. So yeah, ju just because you want to play single entry doesn't mean you have to play the spy. They have them at different price points and different sizes. Lamb going MIA three quarters was a buzzkill. Yes, Kip. Uh, that was unfortunate. Uh, Amari ended up getting the production there. Wallace says he's a hand builder here and he has the calluses to prove it. Thank you. And was wondering what's your process in determining which lineups are single entry versus three max. So I personally don't really make much of a distinction between single entry and three max. The distinction I'm making is between contest size. So if you look at where was God, now I have, okay. So this power sweep, which is a three max, it still only had 740 entries. So 740 entries is actually pretty in line with this small baby spy I did that had, you know, 555 entries. So to me, I'm thinking about it through the lens of entries and not three max. I don't, I don't think it changes that much that someone can put in three lineups into a, a contest that's a similar size as one lineup per. So I don't know. Maybe someone can tell me I'm wrong in thinking about it that way, but I don't see much differentiation there as long as the contest sizes are the same that feeling when the best lineup has jets d outscoring travis kelsey yep one of those weeks one of those weeks um missing the final leg of my five player prop parlay because Devonte didn't get eight catches oof oof yeah always a bummer when uh when you're doing those pickums uh, I think it's fun to, or smart to kind of like mix and match them at different levels. So like if you are moonshotting a four leg or five leg parlay, mix and match the plays you like as a two leg parlay as well. I think that makes sense because that way you can still be right in, in getting the green as opposed to like having to nail, uh, every one of those. Um, give me a good reason not to jam 50% CD next late. Well, the good reason would be, let's see what his ownership is. <laughs> Uh, if he's under 10%, sure. Why not? I will be doing the, uh, first look lineup, uh, or sorry, first look salary show. I do that for Pat Mayo's channel on Mondays. I'll be recording that later this afternoon. So I'll have to take a peek, see what the salaries are looking at. Let's look at the deposit kingdom, uh, GPP here. Where is it? Deposit. Deposit kingdom. GPP, I did toss my baby spy lineup in here. And it, what did I miss? You guys, you guys are too sharp. Uh, my same lineup to cash the baby spy doesn't cash in the deposit kingdom league. Look at this, a little Justin Jefferson influencer steam, 16.5% in the Pete GPP. There you go. Um, who took this down? Alan 29. Oh yeah. I saw the, uh, the screenshot. Alan is in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. He's in the Club MGMI channel. Alan here with the Mahomes, Tyreek, and CEH. Talk about the nut three Chiefs to play. Well done. Bring it back with Devonta Smith. Perfect. You play uh, a one-off Zach Moss. I dig it. You play a one-off Odell. I don't dig it. Um, you play uh, a one-off Schultz and a one-off Henderson. This is... Um, it's a solid lineup. I generally have a little bit more correlation, but I think in a 200 person, um, this is completely fine. I, I didn't have any three running back, uh, lineups this week. That's just generally how I, how I play. But I think Henderson at that price and ownership was a super strong play. Um, I thought Schultz was a, is a very nice play there as well. I'm probably, I think I did. I think I had a Schultz, uh, Chuba Hubbard correlation in one of mine. So maybe I'm trying to, to fit that in here. Um, if I'm going with a Schultz, but I like this lineup, very solid lineup and, and well done it. Again, this goes to show you Allen was right on the chiefs players and that bring back. That's all it took for him pretty much to win this tournament. Um, obviously he had, you know, decent games from uh, Schultz and Henderson, but it's really just, nailing that that game stack right there um have you poured one out for Ramondre yet or is next week his week yeah so i was on the tilt space last night and we were talking about the showdown slate and uh i decided to fire off some hot takes about Ramondre being a good uh showdown contrarian gpp play and then like minutes later 
he was late scratched. But J.J. Taylor fumbles. The team doesn't trust Damian Harris in, in the past game. I'm not ready to uh, throw in the white towel on Ramondre Sisson. When you see defense versus position, does that deter you from playing that player against that team? So I think it depends on the context. I definitely don't want to be playing running back against my defense. We played in one of our tilt space lineups yesterday. We had a uh, Deontay Johnson against Packers D and that seemed fine, right? Cause you can tell yourself stories where big Ben has a bunch of turnovers. The Steelers are in garbage time and Deontay Johnson is vacuuming up targets um, and, and gets there. And that's basically exactly what happened. So um, I don't think it's something that you need to worry about a ton or go out of your way to do. But when stuff fits, like in our lineup, we had however much Deontay Johnson was. We had like 6,200. I can actually go pull it up because I put it in the Mayo contest here. Let me look. And I can show you what we were looking at here. Um, Mayo. Yeah, this was our lineup that Min cash the juke. So yeah, here it was. We had Deontay Johnson in the flex. So we had exactly 6,200 remaining. Um, and we knew that, uh, Deontay Johnson wasn't going to be super high owned. So we had no problem playing a 4.6% Deontay Johnson here against the, the Packers D. Uh, but yeah, not going out of my way to do it. How many did the cash game bros play David Montgomery versus Detroit Lions D yesterday? I assume they did. That's a different animal, though. Um, let me go back to the... God, I have so many tabs open. What am I doing? Did I did I literally now just go off the Deposit Kingdom one? Come on. This is a disaster. Too many tabs. Too many tabs. Too many tabs. Deposit Kingdom. Let's see if there are any other interesting lineups. Clint wants a guest on Lulz this week. Do you think you can talk Brick into do some DFS strategy vids versus for intermediate type players? Um, I probably can't talk Brick into doing anything that he doesn't want to do on his own free will. But we've been—I would honestly say—we've been having more DFS strategy talk on Lulz than typical. I think people will who regularly listen will attest to that. Um, but yes, I will keep trying to pry out nuggets from brick and i also want to get you know what i'll do um i already have a guest booked for the friday strategy gpp show tj hernandez from four for four is coming on but maybe the week after i'll get brick on my friday gpp strategy show and we can um really kind of dive into more dfs strategy stuff um we we need we need to keep lulls so we can just talk about dfs gossip and chris randone's uh NFT project that accidentally doxed every single person on his whitelist. That's more Lulz's speed. Um, all right. Yes, I'm I'm very excited to uh to have TJ on. Um, all right, just wanted to look at a couple more lineups here in the Deposit Kingdom tournament. Sean Schwain, Schwain, Schwing, Schwain uh had the Heineke to McLaurin, bring it back with uh Patterson. Oh, and the Samuel. I thought Samuel was a nice play at 3000, the obvious pivot off of uh, Nick Westbrook there. Um, I like that, man, the Patterson play so sick there at 4.5%. Uh, Evan Ingram as a one-off tight end. I think that was nice. Oh no, not one-off. Sorry. Yeah. A little correlation there with Kamara. That looks solid. One-off Devonte Adams there. Um, this is an interesting one here because Schwain is heading into the 4 p.m. slate. I actually think this was the right move because he, he's sitting really pretty here. He has Moore go off, McLaurin go off, Patterson go off. You can then let a 7,900 Devontae Adams ride in your flex there. Uh, I think this would have been one of those situations where if you had this in a large field tournament um, and you needed to still catch up to give yourself access to a top five finish. Maybe you pivot off of Adams in that case, but in a 200 person league like this, I think that was definitely the sharp play of just keeping Devonte Adams in there, even though we knew he was going to be decently popular Ravens D at sub 1% there 3,400, uh, 11 points. Nice work on this lineup here.
That's right, Matt. You should be drinking weak coffee. Uh, my, my coffee just got cold because I am on a stream and I'm talking the whole time and not drinking my coffee. Oh yeah. Ben, the better having a rough day yesterday with, uh, all those cash game bros. They're all in the secret chat. They all settle on one lineup. They all collude and then they play it. Um, no, that's not what happens, but, uh, I, I guess it's like vaguely understandable that someone on the outside would come to that conclusion. But if you're actually playing cash games, you're, and if you're actually playing cash games, right, you're looking at optimals throughout the week. You're looking at multiple projection sets for optimals. And you very quickly realize that the best plays show up frequently in these optimals and that it's not insane that most of the field is going to have five, six, seven of the same players in their lineup. But um, got to appreciate Ben the better battling against the uh, the bros. And as Eric Beinfort says, he's uh, he's occupying a lot of real estate in uh, in DFS bro uh, mental space. So good for Ben the better. Um, let me see if my own the moment uh, owners club lineups did anything yesterday. I don't think they did. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, I'm winning. Uh, oh, very nice. My side hustle. This is nice. A nice little $55 win here. I did an uncorrelated, or no, sorry. This was correlated. I did Dallas quarterback and Panthers wide receiver. Finished 55th in the side hustle. That works. I will take that. Although I'm still live tonight. I do have my uh, <laughs> Raiders running back and uh chargers wide receiver my lineups though in the main contest uh nothing special i did have uh the eagle stack with chiefs tight end coming back that didn't do anything uh titans running back bears defense this one this lineup was perfectly fine but probably just outside of the cash line how many how many lineups cash i was 347 let's see why isn't this loading? Week. Here we go. Week four. Oh, wow. They gave an upgrade to this scoreboard. This looks cool. Oh, shout out IR Black. IR Black from the Discord and Andy8052. Andy didn't set his lineups last week. This week, he finishes seventh. Well done, Andy. Andy has turned in to a DFS grinder. It, it tilts me so much that Andy has time to uh, be better at uh, fantasy games than me and be uh, a solidity dev on the bleeding edge of technology. Um, what was the cash line? Oh, it looks like I was going to be just off the cash line. How many people paid? 300. So I was just off the cash line there. Um, 347. What did I have? I had my other Seattle stack. I ended up buying, as I mentioned, the 49ers running back off the market. I think that card will age well as a purchase here. Once Lance gets installed as the quarterback Rams tight end dolphins D Meh. I had my, uh, uh, Buffalo stack. I should have done Buffalo tight end. I do have a Buffalo tight end card. I did not envision Dawson Knox scoring twice. I did buy this Colts running back card. Still have um, Las Vegas defense to go tonight, or uh, tight end. But yes, I've been having fun with these. I'm excited for them to roll out their new contest. The low ball stuff will be fun. And I might have to go shopping again. I'll be excited once they add the uh, the balance. So I'm up to $300 in winnings. Because I'll just invest that back into uh, cards once they make that uh, viable via all their KYC stuff. Um. I think that's it, guys. Uh, let's see here. Oh, what is uh, what is my defensive selection technique? I often find myself picking one of the lowest price ones just to get more money for other selections. So for me, my first screener is just simply ownership. I do not want to play an expensive, uh, or sorry, a high-owned defense. And then the next thing I'm looking at is price and how to make it fit. Yesterday was very tough for finding defenses that were cheap and low owned and not just completely dusty. So I ended up trying to get up to like Packers. I played a decent amount of Colts and Dolphins, and then I played Cowboys. 
So it was hard. You, I, I didn't, I don't think I played anything like sub 2600 at defense. Let me see here. I played Cowboys 26, Colts 27, Cowboys 2600, Colts 2700, Cowboys 2600, Colts. So I was I was playing a ton of Colts and Cowboys there. Um, Colts actually come in a little higher owned than I would have liked. I'm seeing them at like 13% in some of these, but man, all of the the cheap defenses that were viable seemed very highly owned. So yeah, I, I basically I basically think defense doesn't matter. Try to get low-owned guys that have some kind of ceiling. That's really that's really all I'm doing there. Um, it's generally the last thing I'm putting in my lineup, uh, but I think I think you do. Last year was tough. I think I got in a trap of just always punting it off at defense and getting some really dusty plays that had no ceiling. This year, I'm trying to give myself a little bit more of a chance to hit a ceiling. Um, I like looking at ETRs, uh, defensive line, offensive line mismatches that Brandon Thorne writes. Those are always a good way to kind of figure out which defenses might be able to generate some pressure and get some more turnovers. Um, did you consider Jets D uh, unviable just because of ownership? No, I, I just, um, I didn't get on them because I thought it wasn't a good spot for them. Uh, I don't think their ownership got too crazy, right? Cause all of it was getting funneled to the lions at 2200 and jets were what 2000 men jets were jets were the sharp play. Um, let's see. Hi guys. I'm new to DFS. Where should I, what, where, what, where, what site should I use to gain valuable info on matches projection? All the info to make me a better player. <laughs> Aaron, I, I don't know you, but it feels like I paid you to be a plant for run the Sims. Well, Aaron, this week at Run the Sims, you can get a free account and access all of the tools for free. You can use the simulator. You can use the range finder. You can do the classic slate optimizer this week for free. Going forward, you can use promo code PEEP for 10% off and get access to a private Discord where smart players discuss their thought process and their favorite plays of the week. Presented by Run the Sims. But seriously, Aaron, it is free week at Run the Sims. And I have the link down below. You can make a free account. Go poke around with the tools. I think you might like it. Um, uh, I continue to love looking at the sim results heading into lock. Uh, I wish I would have listened when I saw Cordero Patterson. Some of my favorite plays were popping in the sims relative to their ownership projection. Justin Jefferson and Darrell Henderson ended up being two of my favorite plays. I believe those guys were both top 10 in most frequented appearances in the 10,000 simulated lineup. So uh, I think the Sims, I think the player prop and range finder tool is awesome. The mini stack stuff on the classic slate, I find very helpful for looking at kind of points per dollar and projections for various stacks when you're trying to decide between a Christian Kirk and a Rondell Moore, all that stuff. So yeah, take advantage of the free week. I believe it ends on Thursday. I believe they launched that last Thursday. So a few more days, free account to sign up, poke around with the tools. If you like it, if you have questions, hit me up. Um, and that's it. I got you, Aaron. I got you. Um, nice, nice, Jeremy. I did uh I did 20 max last night for um the showdown slate. And man, now that they have product own and the uh cumulative own, they're on the simulator page for lineups. It's such a game changer. You can now really kind of hand pick your lineups based on how popular they're going to be. You can cater it to your contest size, all that good stuff. We'll talk through more of that for tonight's showdown slate. I'll be back at 7.30 to do a showdown cram, and we will look at those sims. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to do 20 max or single entry for tonight. We'll see how much time I have. Um, but yeah, swing back tonight at 7.30 if you want to see some of the showdown tools at Run the Sims in uh in action and then i'll also be back at 2 30 this afternoon with spags we'll be doing our recap of the week some early look at waiver wire picks for you season long bros i will be hanging out in the discord like i said if you're a run the sims member if you have subscribed a paying member not not the not the free account but if you're a paying member you get free access to the run the sims channel in my discord or um, if you're just not playing the kind of volume to justify a Run the Sim subscription, you become you can become a YouTube member down below. It's called the Hand Builder and Opto Bro tier, and that will get you access to that Discord channel as well. So two ways to get in there in the private Discord, all that good stuff. 
And I believe that is it for me for now. I need to go finish up the newsletter. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great Monday. We'll see you at uh, 2.30 and then later tonight for Showdown Cram. 